0: Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show accepts where you're at and helps you get where you want to go. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into your what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Dialogue to Make a Difference, and my guests are leaders engaged in transformative discourse, discussions that shun the status quo and embrace possibility. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest, Songy Knox. Welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect to learn more.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Songi, uh, that's S-O-N-G-Y-K-N-O-X, Australian-based personal branding photographer, just like um, from last time them in business and who they are and what they do in it so that they can market their work and grow their business. It's about inner work, outer work, and capturing their essence. That's in a nutshell. So you can find my work in Instagram and Facebook. My handle is at Songynox. That's S O N G Y K N O X. How about that? <laughs>
0: that sounds great. So, and and the website is that Songynox.com. Exactly.
1: Okay. .au. Yeah, you can reach me via it either redirect to Australian domain,
0: which fantastic at the end. Well, Songi, you and I are very old friends from at least a year <laughs> or so ago when we were in the marketing seminar together. Um, yes. so I've had several friends from both the Alta MBA and the marketing seminar here. But what I'm really excited to talk with you about, based on the theme of this season's show, is the importance of visual storytelling. You know, we think about um, transformative discourse or or engaging, uh, challenging conversations, conversations that matter as being about wordsmithing, but you actually do a really amazing job helping your customers tell their stories through the images that you take of them. Tell, Tell me a little bit just about your approach and and what you think the importance is uh, of brand photography, or maybe even start with what is brand photography?
1: Brand photography is about representing one's ideal and best self, especially for women. I only work with women. The challenge these days is that we have this perception of what ideal Image is for everybody. It's a blanket perception that a lot of us have. We can blame a lot of things. social media included when when the perception gets in the way of us showing up, as in all of us, doing the meaningful work that we do, have this block of okay, I don't want I don't look like X that X meaning perception of how one should look here and there now. Branding is about owning oneself, inner, you know, so who you are, what you do, and the value that you you embody. And then bring that forward. How do you bring that forward? It's about understanding how you how you operate. And that's the work that I do, not just capturing someone's visual uh, representation, more also more bringing one's value set and the the meaning, the value they create in the world and in the marketplace, and the people they seek to serve, so that when they show up, breaking all the, debunking all the perception of what branding is, when they show up with their renewed purpose and value, they can feel more comfortable. And that's the work that I do. It's about creating a level of comfort that never existed really, because women tend to have a lot of hang-ups about how they look and how they want to look. There is a bit of a discrepancy between what, how they see themselves and what they want to be shown, how they want to be shown. So that's, that's the branding photography in a sort of complicated nutshell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and so one of the things that leaps out to me is that th- there's the story that we want to tell and then there's the story that we're telling ourselves. And the two are often in conflict. And so as the, the, the third person <laughs> that is trying to capture the story that they want to tell, but having to deal with also the story that they are telling themselves, uh, what's, what's the hard part there and how, and how do you address helping them yeah. get beyond the story that they're telling themselves and, start, and starting to embody and tell the story that they want to tell through through photography
1: so the biggest thing that that i noticed is whenever i come across a woman i see beauty in them that beauty they don't see so the strategy that i employed from the very beginning of my career as a branding photographer was the fact that how we see ourselves is very different from how others see us so the the key Key tactics that I use. One of the really big tools, like really powerful tools that my clients have gone through, is asking a list of people they have in their network. So, I was actually going to do a little talk on this, make a list, make a small list, really tiny list that fits in a, like a card-shaped mm. card, a credit card-shaped paper, write down people's name. You can't fit many in there, about half a dozen. And those are the people who will hold you accountable as well as have your back. So they care for you. But it's no BS, completely honest feedback of how they see you in three keywords. So that's the exercise that I go through. By doing so, they get to hear the story that, that is a lot more objective. It's really how they are being perceived by those people who actually care. That means they are likely to be their client based the people they want to seek to serve. So in a way that frees my clients from getting roped into their somehow negative or sometimes very confusing narrative, detach themselves from that self driven, very not not very conducive narrative to something that is actually workable. So a lot of my clients actually have gone through quite a bit of breakthrough by simply asking the people, okay, what would you say? And a lot of times it's not done, it's done with the anonymous forms. So I tell them to use Google Forms so that you don't know who's saying what about you. That way they get really fun responses. I did it for myself as well because at the beginning I needed to know how others are seeing me one of the funniest thing was somebody said I was sexy and that was not how I perceived myself that really knocked off my like I nearly fell off my chair when I read that but in a way that you know that my narrative is completely different from how how others saw me so that was really really helpful and that sets the tone okay there is a part a bit of discrepancy where where do we go from here so there is a bridging the gap between the somehow unhelpful negative narrative to how others see the person they love, bridging the gap, that's the word, that's, mm. that's the foundation. Did I answer the yeah. question? I, I, well, I feel like I'm like, going around the Well,
0: I, I would love to pull on this thread that you just introduced about, because I remember this distinctly from our engagement in the marketing seminar where, you know, you, you spend all this time behind the camera and you are working and you are, um, you know, empathetically interested in addressing the story that they're telling themselves and trying to help them tell the story that they want to tell. And you have this great technique of having them actually let people anonymously, anonymously share the story that they have about this person. But it wasn't, it, it didn't seem it, that you had addressed this in with yourself until the marketing summer, until you stepped actually in front yeah. of the camera. Um, yeah. so that moment when you actually became the subject of, of a photograph, reveal anything that you had not yet seen or addressed in working with your clients up to that point?
1: Empathy. Really, I did not feel, I couldn't understand why they were so terrified until I had to put myself in front of my camera. Who would have thought that is such a, it it seems so obvious, but until I had to push myself to bring myself forward, because Branding photography, until you've done it, you, you don't know what it's like to be a client. And it didn't dawn on me until that point when you asked me, Song-y, how do, why don't you do daily photos of yourself? That hit me like a ton of bricks, really. Until I experienced that, I didn't know what it's like to be my client. Mm-hmm. And only then, when I understood that, the power of being able to see them and feel their fear and holding space for them because they knew in, intuitively that I understood them once they saw my photos once they started connecting connecting with me at a level that was not actually imaginable in the past it's holding space for them so that they know I know how what they're going through That was incredibly powerful. And I mean, there are times when some businesses, you don't have to be your own client. But in my case, it's incredibly important for me to understand what my women go through emotionally, really psychologically, what they go through. Unless I do that, they cannot connect with me. And the best result is created when both of us are in sync.
0: Right.
1: that's, That's...
0: well, I think one of the things that I argue about so empathy is a, 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 such an essential component of the marketing seminar. And it's just really a, an essential component of being uh, a kind, generous, and, and it's a step towards being, becoming a compassionate human being. And we always think of empathy as being outward focused. Empathy is something that I extend to you. And... What I had found i I struggled with truly understanding not just the idea but the execution of empathy until I turned that lens back on myself and i what I found was that until I was able to actually empathetically look at myself and uh you know try to 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 actually Uh, hold and respect and be okay with my own inner narrative, I wasn't really able to uh, as effectively as I needed to be engage with the inner narrative of somebody else. And of course, we can never actually know exactly what it feels like, looks like, um, yeah. To be somebody else, but the, the, the fact is, we we do a pretty poor job doing that with ourselves, <laughs> as well. Yeah. And so, even though we may that, never perfect yeah. it, it's it's a it's a really powerful exercise. Uh, and I yeah. really got that from from your experience that you really it seemed to really not just unlock some potential in you as a photographer. Um, but, you know, also just as an advocate for your brand and as a marketer of your services, um, tell us a little bit, maybe just about um, that connection. How did, how did the experience of being in front of the camera and understanding exactly how the woman felt that you were working with, how, how did that impact your business? How did it, that impact your your marketing and your approach?
1: Before, um, it was all about my work, and I did share this. What, well, my photo just, should speak for itself. Like, they, they are good enough. My work is amazing. I should just hide behind, and, you know, I don't need to show up. And that, when I read really, it, I laugh at myself. But the truth of the matter is, there is, just a, there is a sea of people doing similar things and they all do great work. Just like our Seth Gordon talks about this all the time, a lot of us do good work. And to actually add value to those people who are like us, who would want to work with us, unless they see us for who, who we are, they cannot, there is no means, there are no means for them to connect with us. So it's about quite selfish, I realize now, it's been quite selfish for me to sit on sidelines and hoping that somebody's going to knock on the door when I'm not actually showing, showing myself. I, I'm not actually talking about the work that I do. I'm not actually engaging in any conversation with anybody. So by actually getting over myself, my own hangouts, showing up meant that I am actually a lot more generous about what I know and how my work can change someone's perception, even their lives, because that has happened. And by showing up, I am opening up a lot more opportunities for people who need my work. And before, it would not have been possible because I was quite happy being a Hamid. And another benefit is because I am just a few steps away, ahead of my woman, I seek to serve, they have level of comfort that, okay, she's done it. And she, her branding is so powerful. And that I hear the feedback I get is, even those people who don't eventually work with me, the feedback I get is, in your branding is so powerful. Now, that, ha- that hasn't been the case for many years. And it doesn't take long to make that shift. And because I have done that now, there is a lot there's a higher level of trust knowing that yeah if she can do it I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And that is I I think the power of having gone through the process myself and being able to stake a stake in the ground. You know what, girls, it's possible and I was just like you, very shy, introverted <laughs> doing Facebook live videos. Who would have thought that's possible? You're, you're. So yes, it's the empowerment that comes from having done it and being able to articulate, being able to share. I think that's the power.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I did a uh, I was the subject of an interview with an uh, Alta MBA friend, Shay Sparks, whose um, podcast I think is called "The Power of Empowering Others," um, and. She asked the question, is it possible to empower others? Uh, you know, which I think, of course, I mean, that's part of the work that you and I and most of the people that we know do is that we are trying to help enhance the lives of others. And through that effort, we actually improve our own lives as well. But we, you know, when we talk about empowerment within ourselves, um, you know, we forget how much agency we have with with that piece of it, that, you know, yes, it's nice if somebody takes the time and has the care and, and uh, generosity to help us, but we always have, you know, in any moment, we decide how we're going to see things and what we're going to do next. And so we have that ability to empower ourselves to enhance our own lives. I I really uh, appreciate, it was, it was just, it was remarkable and marvelous and so affirming to watch that journey unfolding for you and to see you also not only be excited about the progress that you were making, but the difference that it was making in your work with the clients And it was just seemed like it was this virtuous cycle. Yeah. The the, the more empowered Songy was, the more empowered her clients were. And it just kind of kept, uh, just kind of kept going. So any suggestions for women and men uh, with, you know, what, it, it is what we talked about this with John a little bit, you know, we live in this age where we're all photographers because we all have a camera. And so I, I, I joke about this at, with musicians, um, because just because you own an instrument doesn't mean that you're necessarily a musician. And the fact that we own cameras doesn't mean that we're all photographers. What's yeah. what, what's the distinction there? And, how does somebody like you, who is a professional in in the world of photography, contend with the fact that there's like this mindset out there in in the culture that it's it's just picture taking? We we all got cameras. Let's let's just take pictures.
1: Um, it's the heat, right? I I think the biggest difference is professionals actually can take pure shots and make good shots, whereas amateurs, because they are not doing this for a living, their hit rate is perhaps they take, just as a very crude example, a thousand shots and a handful of them might turn out okay. Whereas professionals, we take 10, 20 shots and more than half of them will be usable. So that's the, the difference comes from, I suppose, the years and years of training. And in my case, I spent more than a decade in art education. So um, fine arts being my background, I do have a particular aesthetics. Seeing and we see, but we don't, we look, but we don't always see. Yeah. And that's, that's it. I, I would look, but I, you know, look at things that other people don't see. And that's, that's what sets us apart. In that way, I don't feel bad about this democratization of photography and the fact that everybody's able to create. And I'm actually even in the process of creating a program for people who can take photos, excuse me, but not being able to do it in a way that is actually professional or usable. So in other words, branding photography for yourself, DIY branding photography, so go through, um, inner work, outer work, capture process, anybody can do it, but they don't have skills or knowledge to do it, and I am packaging up so that anybody can pick it up and do it. So in a way, as a professional photographer, I, I don't see my job as just doing this, what mm-hmm. I call Shutter Monkey, because there, there is certainly more that we can, all of us can do. Just like John, he's teaching other photographers do the things that he does, and in my case, I'm not really interested in teaching photographers, but I'm interested in empowering women and men and go through the process that I go through with my clients. You can actually do it yourself if you know how to do it. And I have a process that, that has worked for so many people. Now I'm quite confident that if I were to hand this over to you, Scott, you will be able to go through the pro- exercise and in a case of, it's simply the case of, okay, what is the best angle of my face? What's the best light? For example, where I'm standing here actually is a really flattering light. And people don't know that. And I actually swing the camera around and show it to you, then you will know, ah, that's what good light looks like. Things like that. So it's, I see there's a, lot, there's a limitless, limitless potential in helping people no matter what circumstance we are in. Even if I drop my camera and I don't have any equipment tomorrow, I'll be able to help somebody, knowing what I know. So that's how I see us pros not limited to the craft that we do, but more the ability to think outside of that craft, beyond the craft, as humans, because it's all about connection. where we live is a connection economy. My work doesn't end in a camera from Nikon or Canon. That's how I see it.
0: I really, really appreciate that the the way that the study and mastery of a craft and becoming a professional and in a in a domain, in a, a creative or artistic domain. I, I find this with music that it. Um, it becomes like a filter that I see the world through and I can take something that may on face value sound like just a purely domain centric musical example, but it actually becomes uh, a way, a metaphor for some sort of basic human interaction connection or, or um, impulse. Um, and I was, I I lost my train of thought there for a minute because I I wrote a couple things down, but one of the things that I I liked about what you were just saying is the efficiency of working with a professional that you have, you have mastered what you do to the point of being, uh, just instinctive with what you do. And, but you have now been able, and I've seen this in some of your Facebook live where you t- have talked about some just kind of basic uh, photography techniques for, for the lay person like me. And so you, you said that you could teach me. And so I challenge accepted whenever <laughs> you're ready. Because <laughs> I could really help yeah. in this area. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the photographer in our family. My wife is, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So just this, I, I find sometimes with musicians, in particular, that the very best guitar players are the very worst teachers because they simply can't articulate the process that they're they're going through. It's so ingrained and instinctual that they just, they can't zoom out enough. And one of the things that I really appreciate is when you meet a great musician who's also a great teacher, who has, who is paying attention and is sensitive to the fact that there's information here that needs to be passed on. So kudos. I think
1: it's the empathy. It's, it's, um, some artists don't have that. They mm. are in their world. Um, I, I struggle to call myself an artist, but some of us have a higher degree, higher, less than, like a little above the normal level of empathy. And that's when we are able to teach. Teaching is a separate skill. Um, I don't mind the, the, the saying, oh, if you're a teacher, you are not a great yeah. craft artists. I don't buy that anymore. I used to think, oh, is it really the case? No, not not really. There are lots of much and lots of amazing artists, photographers who are great at teaching. It's it's I think it's a level of empathy, how much empathy they have and ability to actually speak. Not that I'm better I'm good at speaking, but we despite my accent and all the um, all the funny, funny way of speaking, I can teach and people actually respond really well to that. So yeah. It, it is a different scale
0: okay. yeah, I really appreciate that because I, I really feel like the very best are able to do both because they understand that the craft is not only there to serve them but they are there to serve the craft. and one of the ways that we do that is by teaching others there's uh i I got it from I think a a little uh aphorism on a on a tea bag. But uh, oh, it, it was it was those who can do so. The, so the old adage is those who can do those who can't teach. But this yeah. this tea bag had a, a the saying those who can do those who think others can too teach.
1: Oh, that's. Cool, right.
0: And yeah, so awesome. th- there's I don't often find a lot of wisdom from my tea bags, but at that <laughs> particular one, I actually have that taped to my music stand. So that oh, it's cool. like a constant reminder to me. Yeah. Song, it has been so great to catch up with you and to to talk about some of these um, things that I know are going to be of, of great value to to the listeners here. Um, and I want to just make sure that uh, before I ask you the last question of the evening that people, once again, know where they can connect with you to learn more about your work and to um, to engage with you personally. The Instagram account is?
1: Songinox. It's at Songinox, S-O-N-G-U-I-K-N-O-X. The same for Facebook. And my website is songinox.com.au.
0: Fantastic. So, Songy, the I've been asking everybody the same question kind of at the end of the the, our time together and I'd like to ask it of you if you could plant one idea or concept into the minds of everyone who dreams of making a difference through compelling conversations whether that's through words or images uh, but compelling conversations and storytelling what would that that compelling idea or tip be
1: oh three words that's the theme this month actually what are your three words to describe you and i challenge you to go and ask those people make a list and in the list those people in the list ask them and compare and see what you find out it could blow your mind that's fantastic. great conversation starter
0: Oh, that's right. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, Songy Knox, and I appreciate you lending us your valuable time and attention. And we hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. Learn more about Songy Knox and her great work at at Knox on Facebook and Instagram, and of course, at songheknox.com a u or.com for her website uh songy really appreciate your time and attention and sharing your expertise today and ladies and gentlemen we want you to now go out there and make a difference and keep flying higher songy thank you so much for your time
1: thank you